Good morning, greetings in Jesus' name to each one on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. Friday I was was flying and and as we were going across the mountains, I had to notice the handiwork of God, the beauty that He had painted on the mountaintops. And I had to think of the song, What a Mighty God We Serve. And again this morning as we traveled down the road, we, we took notice of some of the beautiful trees that are out there. <clears throat> some time ago, I attended a memorial in a Mennonite church. And at this memorial, there were pictures of the person who was now deceased. And this person was, was part of a family who was very prominent in the, in the Broadway area in the, in the 50s and, and 60s. And I don't know about all of them, but some of them by, by the pictures I saw there looked no different than, than you and I today. They went to church. They wore the plain suit, a cape dress, and a covering. And as I said in that memorial, I noticed that they no longer looked like that. And the pastor of the church said that this person went home to be with the Lord. And I'm not here to judge. But I am here with the truth of God's Word. And what it says can happen to people who are deceived. They may recognize God, but they have, have strayed from the truth. And it's easy to become swayed by our peers, by the people we associate with. Who are we following? How, how firm are we rooted in the faith? The things we involve ourselves in and the way we dress is a pretty good indicator of where the heart is. And I want us to look at a character this morning who didn't let peer pressure or, or the things that went on around him cause him to, to make wrong choices. The title of my message is The Man Who Kept the Faith. You can turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. like for us to, to read the entire chapter here. 
very familiar account of, of Daniel. Beginning at verse 1 of Daniel chapter 6, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes who, which should be over the whole kingdom and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no da damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these princes then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows, being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake unto the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed the decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within thirty days save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. 
Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no matter of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The first time we... We meet Daniel is when he is a young teenage boy who has been taken captive to, to Babylon. And even then he is he is faithfully serving the Lord and, and taking his stand for that which is right. And we meet him again a few years later in chapter two, when when as a young man he is he is called upon to interpret a, a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. And again we see Daniel simply serving the Lord and being faithful. And he shows up again in chapter 4 as a, as a middle-aged man who again is called upon to interpret a dream for the troubled king. And once again, Daniel is found simply rolling along being faithful. And then we find the same thing in, in chapter 5. And here in chapter 6, Daniel again rolls into view. He's a man probably in his 80s. He's been in Babylon for about 70 years. Yet he hasn't veered from the course that he had started as a young man. He's still faithfully serving the God who, who saved him by grace. Daniel never made a big splash in Babylon. Though he was continually being promoted through the ranks of government, arriving at the position of prime minister, the Jews were still in captivity in Babylon. The new king, the king in this chapter, Darius, allows the Jews to return to Israel to, to rebuild the temple, and yet most of the exiles choose to 
stay in Babylon having adapted to the, to the customs and, and the lifestyle of Babylon. After all those years of being influenced by God's people, Babylon is unchanged. The rulers have changed, but they are still idolatrous, evil, and wicked. There have been no great revivals in Babylon while, while Daniel was there. And it seems that, that few are really impressed with Daniel and with his walk with the Lord. It seems that all his, his faithfulness to God did was to, to draw the jealousy of his peers, the hatred of the ungodly, a plot against his life, and a death sentence in a lion's den. But through it all, Daniel rolled on. He remained faithful in spite of the changes going on around him. Daniel was a faithful man, yet he found himself in a terrible cell. In this passage, Daniel was cast into a lion's den. He is sentenced to die for doing nothing more than being faithful to his God. While Daniel faced a terrible sentence, he held fast to what made him a great man. Daniel kept the faith. And this morning we want to look at the details of Daniel's life that teach us about this great man of faith. In verses 1 to 9, we have Daniel's character. In verses 1 to 3, we, we learn his position. Darius appointed 120 princes to rule over his kingdom. And these men helped ensure that Darius and, and his kingdom were protected from, from theft, from tax evasion and, and military revolts. Apparently these men ruled over a specific province of the kingdom. And over those 120 men were three men who ruled with the rights. And over them was Daniel who answered directly to the king. And what's so amazing here is the fact that, that Daniel is a slave. He was, he was brought to Babylon as, as a young man. He was enslaved taken from his, his home and his people and trained in the way of the Babylonian court. He's been faithful to God and God has blessed his faithfulness causing Daniel to find favor with every pagan king he served. After 70 years of, of faithful service, this former slave has become prime minister of the most powerful government in the world. God always honors faithful service. He may never promote you in the eyes of men, but he sees everything you do 
for him. He keeps perfect records, and one day you will be rewarded accordingly. Revelation 22.12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Even now there is something about serving the Lord and, and being faithful to Him that, that thrills the soul. The psalmist said, I delight to do Thy will, O God. Yea, Thy law is within my heart. In verses 4 to 9, we, we have Daniel's problem. The other rulers of the kingdom were, were jealous of Daniel. And, and they sought to destroy him. After all, he, he was a Hebrew, he was a slave, and they were Babylonians. They shouldn't have to bow to the likes of, of him. And so they, they played to the vanity of the king. And we read in verses 6 to 9 how, how they devised a plan to get Darius to, to make a law that no one could pray to any god or even make a request of any person for, for 30 days. And the king liked the sound of that because it placed him at the center of everyone's thoughts for a whole month. And if you stop to think about it, the, the law was absolutely absurd. And yet, Darius signed it because it fed his pride. Daniel's problem, and I don't like calling it a problem, but for a lack of a better term, that's what we'll use, was that he was faithful to the Lord. Now, it wasn't a problem for him, but it was for the others around him. The unbelievers hated him. They despised him because he was different. He was honest, and he was real. It reminds me of a time I worked for a company and one day they came around and, and randomly selected people to, to go to the office to, to be checked for, for using drugs. And I was thinking, I hope I have proven myself to not be called over to the office. But don't you know, I was called to go to the office. And on the way there, I'm thinking, where did I go wrong? Doesn't he know me better than this? And so I get to the office and I, I walk in. And there's the boss sitting there with a smile on his face. And I'm thinking, what now? And he said, you just need to hang out here for a few minutes. He said, I, if I don't treat everyone the same, it could cause problems. And it could come back on him. And he said, I know you're not the problem. He said, but we are suspicious that there are some on the job that aren't performing like they should and someone could get hurt. 
And so it worked out to be different. But Daniel was everything they couldn't be. And they couldn't stand him because of it. And so they devised a plan to get rid of him. And I think all of us know that if we're going to live for the Lord, there's going to be those who are not going to like it. Those who don't know the Lord will always look for ways to, to attack those who are faithful to him. That's how Jesus said it would be. Turn over to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Paul also warned us that persecution would, would follow the faithful. In 2 Timothy 3.12, he writes, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Let them do what they will. Let them hate us, fight us, make fun of us. But regardless of, of what they do, let us determine in our hearts that we will do like Daniel and remain faithful. Going back to our, our text in Daniel 6, verses 3 to 5, here we have Daniel's purity. Verse 3 tells us that Darius promoted Daniel because he possessed an excellent spirit. That word excellent means preeminent. Daniel has a spirit in him that set him apart from everyone else around him. And beyond that, when the, when the other presidents of the kingdom, kingdom wanted to find some deficiency in Daniel that they, that they might attack, they could find nothing wrong in his life at all. Maybe they just didn't know people as well back then seems like someone can always find something wrong in our lives doesn't it but there were no skeletons in his closet there was nothing hidden in his life he was an open book Daniel was faithful and faultless that was his testimony among the lost they could find nothing wrong in his life Wouldn't it be a blessing if that were true of our government leaders today? You know, in the governing body back in, in the 80s, in three years' time, here's what went on with our congressmen. 29 were arrested for spousal abuse. Seven convicted of fraud. 19 were arrested for writing bad checks. 117 of them bankrupted two or more businesses. 
14 were arrested on drug charges. Eight were arrested for shoplifting. 84 were charged with driving under the influence. Is it any wonder that America is in the shape it's in? When they couldn't find any sin or, or secrets in Daniel's life, verse 5 tells us that the only recourse they had was to try and find some way to use his faithfulness to God against him. They knew Daniel was a man of prayer. And so they, they moved to rise to outlaw prayer for 30 days. They knew Daniel would pray anyway. And they saw that as, as their opportunity to, to have Daniel executed. That was what they were counting on. And they were not disappointed. Before we move on, let's pause to ask ourselves this question. What is hidden in your life? If every secret were brought into the open, are there things there that would make you ashamed? Are there things there that would embarrass you or your family? Are there things that would bring dishonor upon the church, on the gospel, on the Lord Jesus Christ? If there are hidden sins, thoughts, and problems in the heart, they need to be brought out before the Lord and, and dealt with His way. And His way is through confession and repentance. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. When we do it God's way, the sin is forgiven. The heart is cleansed and, and the shame taken away. If we don't handle our sins His way, we can be sure that he has a way of exposing our sin. And we all know the familiar verse in, in Numbers 32, 23. Be sure your sin will find you out. The best time to, to deal with them is now. Deal with them honestly. Get it behind you. God already knows about it anyway. He just wants you to come to the place where you are willing to confess your sins and deal with them His way. Moving on, let's look at, at Daniel's choices. When the king signed the decree, Daniel was faced with a choice. Should he remain faithful to the Lord or should he bow to the king? Some may say this was a crisis. You get the impression it wasn't for Daniel. He simply did what he had always done. He, he remained faithful. Notice how he, how he faced the challenge before him and the choices he made. He chose obedience to to God over 
opportunities in the world. Daniel didn't go over and open his window to, to draw attention to, to himself as he prayed. No, the windows were already open. All Daniel did was bow down before the Lord and, and pray. It was the Lord's will for Daniel to be faithful, and that's what he did. He bowed toward Jerusalem because God promised to, to hear the prayers of the exiles who, who faced toward his house when they prayed. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8, beginning at verse 46. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives into the land of the enemy far and near, yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land whither they were carried captives, and repent, and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned, and have done perversely, we have committed wickedness, and so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee toward their land which thou gavest unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people that have sinned against thee in all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion before them who carried them captive that they may have compassion on them. For they be thy people, and thine inheritance which thou broughtest forth out of Egypt from the midst of the furnace of iron that thine eyes may be open unto the supplication of thy servant and unto the supplication of thy people Israel to hearken unto them in all that they call for unto thee. He didn't close the windows to hide what he was doing because he wasn't ashamed of his faith or of his God. He chose faithfulness to God over favor of the king. The decree changed nothing for Daniel. He simply went before the Lord and prayed three times a day as he did aforetime. He chose devotion to God over the decree of the king. The decree was only for 30 days. For many, they could have simply not prayed for that amount of time. Not Daniel. His faith in the Lord wouldn't allow him to be anything less than what the Lord wanted him to be, even for a month. He chose a faithful testimony over fleeting treasures. For Daniel, prayer was far more important than popularity. He would rather be found faithful than enjoy the, 
and power and popularity and wealth that could have been his if he compromised. He chose faithfulness over freedom. He was willing to give up his position, his wealth, and power. But he wasn't willing to give up his commitment to the Lord. He chose love over life. He was willing to sacrifice his life because he loved his Lord more than he loved himself. He chose character over comfort. Daniel was willing to die a horrible death in a lion's den. He would not sacrifice his character. He was determined to stand for what was right. He was determined to stand for the Lord regardless of the consequences. Daniel was determined to remain faithful regardless of the cost. And for Daniel, the cost would be really high. And the church would be a totally different place today if members had that same commitment to the things of God that Daniel had. We allow everything in the world to, to come between us and our faithfulness to the Lord. Sunday morning worship. Sunday evening worship. Wednesday evening worship. Youth meetings, revivals, and so forth have all become optional activities for the modern church member. If only the Lord would raise up some Daniels in our day. Would to God that He would give us some men and women who would settle for nothing less than absolute obedience to the will of God for their lives. And the fact is, we, we give up. And we give in far too easily. If you were faced with Daniel's dilemma, what would you do? You know, we've had it so nice for, for so long. But I believe times are changing. And they're not for the better. Let's look now at Daniel's challenge. In verses 12 to 15, he faced a personal accusation. When Daniel's enemies saw him praying before the Lord, they, they took their accusation to the king. They accused Daniel and demanded that the king honor the law of the land. His enemies were right. Daniel was guilty of breaking their foolish law. And even the king recognized how foolish it was. And he regretted signing the law. And he labored all day 
to find a loophole to deliver Daniel from death. But none could be found. Daniel broke the law of the king, but not the law of the Lord. Daniel did what the Lord commanded even when it went against what the government demanded. Satan is doing all he can to attack the church. And we failed as a church two years ago. Romans 13 teaches us to obey the rulers of the land and their laws. But when their laws contradict God's law, we must do what God says. Hebrews 10 says, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so as a church, I trust that we'll do better moving forward. In verses 16 and 17, Daniel faced a powerful attack. He was taken and thrown into the lion's den. And everyone was certain that Daniel was a dead man. No one entered the lion's den and came through it unharmed. The lions didn't care who you were. They were kept half starved so they would attack and kill. But it's interesting to note that the king had confidence in Daniel's God. He believed that the God Daniel served would, would take care of him. You see, his life touched the life of the king. We should live the kind of lives that touch the lives of people who live around us. Our faith should point others to the Lord. Whether they believe in the Lord or not, they should know that we do. And they should be able to see His hand working in our lives. In the rest of the chapter, we have Daniel's conquest. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, Darius returns to his palace. And we can only imagine the guilt that he felt over his own foolishness. And no doubt he's angry with those who, who concocted this plan to, to destroy Daniel. Verse 18 says, His sleep went from him. And I can just imagine the king just, just pacing the floor back and forth, back and forth, wondering, is Daniel still alive? What's happened to Daniel? And he's probably looking at the, at the time and he's, oh, it's another six hours until I can go and see what's happened to Daniel. And he continues to pace the floor. And as he's watching the clock, it's finally a break of day. And he says, now I can go 
to the den and see what's happening. And so early in the morning, he comes rushing to the den to check on Daniel, hoping that Daniel has somehow managed to survive the night. And he cries out, Oh, Daniel, is thy God whom thou servest able to deliver thee from the lions? Can you imagine the relief that just swept over him when Daniel said, Oh, king, live forever. And Daniel tells him that God has intervened in his life. God sent an angel. The angel shut the mouths of the lions. Daniel attributes God's gracious protection to the fact that he was an innocent man. And he was immediately taken out of the lion's den. He survived with, with God's help. And King Darius is overwhelmed by, by what has taken place. And he makes a decree that exalts the Lord God. And he commands everyone to, to fear and tremble before the Lord. He declares God to be the living God, a God of power and glory, possessing an eternal kingdom. And then this chapter ends with Daniel being exalted even higher in the kingdom. Yes, God honors faithfulness because Daniel remained faithful to God even to the point of death. God was with him and delivered him from his enemies, from the decree of the king, from the power of the lions. We may never face a, a den of lions. We may never face a burning fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. But we may face some other trials, other saints of God have been called on to endure. But through it all, the Lord simply calls us to be faithful. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Every step we take, His grace is sufficient. He's also promised to, to guide us every step we take. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delighteth in His way. He's also promised to, to hear us and help us. Jeremiah 33 three says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And there's so much more the Lord has promised to, to do for us just because he, he loves us and because we are His people. In closing, I'd like to, to share a verse from 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. May we 
continue to pass on this faithfulness to the next generation. May we each be found faithful.